Hi friend, I'm Rye Myers, your Broadway and Entertainment BFF, and thank you so much for listening to Live with Rye, the podcast. After launching Live with Rye in the fall of 2020 as a digital live stream talk show on YouTube and in the height of the pandemic, and after literally almost everyone calling my digital talk show your podcast, I figured it was finally time to put these episodes in podcast form. So here you go. These episodes, which you will listen to, are from over the last two years, starting from fall 2020 through the beginning of 2022, so some of these episodes may focus on topics and events that have already occurred. Consider it your official Throwback Thursday podcast, if you will. But, my dear friend, that's not all. Stay tuned for exclusive new weekly interviews with some of the best and brightest names in the Broadway, pop culture, and entertainment business, because I am your Broadway and entertainment BFF after all, and I have interviewed some of the biggest names in show business from Emmy, Grammy, Oscar, and Tony Award winners, so you definitely will want to stay tuned to see who I have next. I hope you get value out of this podcast, and so as they all say before every podcast episode, please subscribe to this podcast on Apple. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts, and make sure to leave a rating and review. But I ask that you please leave a kind review and rating. And listen, if you didn't like an episode, the world does not need more of your negativity, so just don't leave a review then. Anyway, enjoy the podcast and let me know who you'd like to hear. XOXO, Ryan Myers, talk show host, producer, and your Broadway and entertainment BFF. Enjoy the episode. And now let's welcome my very special guest, someone who is just an incredible performer, triple threat, and might I say, a very uh, handsome Broadway performer uh, as well. Please help me welcome the incredibly talented, the wonderful, the handsome, Charlie Williams. Uh, hi, right. what a good intro, thank you. You're hi, welcome. everybody. It's very true, it's very true. I mean, you are you're very dashing, and you are, you know, you've been known as, you know, one of the sexy Broadway uh, uh, ensemble <laughs> members, so. That was back in my youth, back in the good old days. Now I'm more like Glenn Close and Sunset Boulevard, but you know, whatever. Oh, God, no, not at all. So first, how have you been holding up over these last 14 plus months since the pandemic began? How how are you doing? How is everything holding up for you? I'm alive. I'm, I'm like, and I'm here. Like, I'm still alive. It's all good. Um, you know, I'm in Tokyo, Japan right now. Uh, who would have thought? Um, setting a, a company of Frozen out here in my two-week quarantine, just about to the end of it. So I'm one of the lucky ones who's found some work during this crazy time. But I'm, I'm here. You know what? That's all That's all you can say. I've said that too. I'm here. I'm surviving. You know, that's that's all we can say. I mean, how? I'm so glad you, you were one of the lucky ones able to find work. How, um, you know, when you weren't working, you know, how how did you maintain your time? You know, were you did you able to like take up a new hobby or um, find bake something? I know sometimes people this last year have come in with a new hobby. They bake something. I should have done that, right? I should have. I should. You have a year to yourself, and you you know your whole life. You say, "Oh my god, if I just had the time, I would you know speak Spanish. I'd learn how a new new language or something." <laughs> well, I didn't do any of that. <laughs> I. Uh, <laughs> I recently bought a Nintendo Switch, so I'm basically in Zelda world the whole, for a long time every day. But um, no, I've just, you know, um, I've been in Hell's Kitchen the whole time for the past year where I lived before. And um, uh, yeah, I've just been kind of waiting out the, the storm and, you know, day by day. It's been actually really great, you know. Yeah, no, I agree. It's all right. I haven't 
done any of those things that I mentioned either as far as cooking or baking or taking up something new. So no, no judgment on that end, but that's, that's, uh, that's wonderful that you uh, have found Nintendo Switch. I hear that that's quite uh, quite fun for those who enjoy it. It's a great waste of time if anybody needs <laughs> It's helping me in quarantine quite a bit. That's all that matters. So amongst a long list of Broadway credits to your name, you're also the associate choreographer of Disney's Frozen, the musical, which is what you're in Tokyo right now for. Um, how did that position come about? And what does an associate choreographer do for those who aren't um, aware or don't know what that is? Sure. Um, it came about because I've been working with Rob Ashford um, for many, many years now. Um, so I kind of just go where he goes. So uh, ever since we did How to Succeed on Broadway, I've just been kind of like hanging on to his coattails um, as he does these awesome gigs. And I'm lucky enough to be brought along. So uh, Frozen kind of goes in that same category. You know, we've been working for years and then um, I was doing Miss Saigon. And then Rob was like, hey, I'm actually, you know, cat's out of the bag, I'm going to be the choreographer on Frozen. So it was like a big, you know, oh my gosh. So I finagled my way into being associate um, on the show. And that was, you know, four years ago, maybe over four years ago around. Uh, and what I do on the show is I helped create it in Denver uh, uh, in the choreography department. And we did an out-of-town trial. And then we moved it to Broadway. And uh, an associate kind of you know, it just, you know, helps run the choreography department of the show and uh, then helps maintain the show. So I clean the show, sometimes pop back in uh, and I would um, cast the show. I mean, there's so much recasting and casting that goes into these uh, big shows. And then we set the tour and then I set Australia. And now here I am in Tokyo. Wow, that is exciting. What a Awesome job. So you, do you sometimes have say then during the casting process for new companies, uh, you know, when it comes to dancing and stuff, do you sometimes get to um, wear your creative hat with the casting directors and, uh, you know. Oh, yeah, you know, absolutely. Yes. Yeah. That's, that's yeah. That's one of my favorite parts of the job is, is having these big auditions and helping people, you know, feel comfortable. Cause I mean, as you know, like I know auditions, I hate auditioning. So anytime I hold these auditions, I really, really try to, make it a fun room to be in and kind of, you know, let some of the air out and just let people have a good time. I really feel like that's one of my favorite things to do. So it's good. Well, well, that's, well, that's good. Well, speaking of that, you know, making people relax and everything um, and making people feel good. You have been a much, you've been a, a light and a much needed relief during uh, the brunt of the pandemic with your daily Corona thoughts and positive affirmations and all of those things that made us smile and, um, laugh in a good way on Instagram. Was the hope of that to make people laugh? Did you really just you know put that out there to make people stay better? Or was it just like, I'm in the moment, I'm here in the midst of quarantine and I'm going to do this? You know, right. It's actually so crazy because out of like, you know, every, every crazy thing I've ever done in my life and put on the internet or whatever, those, those damn Corona thoughts, I get more feedback on that of people were just like smiling and laughing and you know, the daily sort of check-in and whether I was, you know, pissed off that day, which is probably usually, or or the randomness of the whole thing, people just really sort of connected with that. And I get a lot of people asking. So the point is, no, I was bored out of my mind. I, you know, at the time I was living in my 300 square foot studio apartment and it was full lockdown and, you know, it was scary. I lost my job and 
people would yell at you online if you even went outside for a walk, you know, like it was, there was so much negativity. So part of it was releasing my own like anger to be like, F those people, blah, blah, blah. you know, I was just kind of like letting go, but it, it kind of came out in a funny way. And then people were like laughing at my plight and I just kind of went into it. And anyway, I'm glad that it made some people smile. Well, yes, it did. And I, and I'm glad that you took that and were able to make people smile. Even if it was unintentional, you didn't realize it was going to, because we need some positive light out in this world. And I'm glad that, you know, in the brunt of it, as you said, we're so negative. Um, you were able to do that. So yeah, I just wanted to mention that. I thought they were, I thought they were great. I quite enjoyed, I quite enjoyed them. So, yeah. So um, while we in America anxiously await the return of Broadway and live performance, Australia has been ahead of the game, which is where you were just a few months ago and is currently performing live theater with shows close to full capacity from what I understand. Now mm -hmm. you mentioned earlier, you got to be a part of launching the Australian um, production. What was that experience like? And um, what was it like to finally step back into a theater? Um, that whole process must have been um, thrilling, exciting, but also overwhelming too. Tell us about it. Yeah, I mean, it was there's it was a mix of so many emotions. You know, it was also the first time I've set, uh, well, it was the first international company of Frozen. Uh, and then it was also my first time setting in a, an entire company by myself as far as the choreography department goes. So you know and it came after being you know inactive for most of the year so i was like rolling myself out of my apartment like i don't even know if i can dance anymore and then kind of thinking about helming you know and being at the front of the room for this production i was scared i was like i don't even know if i'm like i feel like i'm not even in the business anymore you know i really did feel like uh, you know, I, I did feel like Sunset Boulevard. I was like, I don't know why I'm frightened, uh, but I showed up and it worked. And then to go into rehearsals and, you know, it was like riding a bike, you know, it was like, no, it was like nothing had ever changed and it was easy breezy, but there was moments in time, like that first day in the theater when we walked in and, and just being amongst those empty seats and knowing that we were bringing, you know, we were, I think we were, one of the, if not the first, you know, big musical theater production to happen after COVID-19. So uh, kudos to the Australian government for getting this, you know, the whole situation under control to allow us to do that. Uh, and kudos to Disney for taking the risk because at the time there were so many protocols as far as mask wearing and testing and uh, zoning in the theater, which is a big thing about like zone A and B as far as the house and backstage goes which mm -hmm. is you don't want to like cross contaminate those zones. So anytime at, during tech or in previews, if I would have to run backstage for some reason, which didn't happen very often, but it was like a sci-fi movie where you go into the, like the astronaut, like goes into the like decontamination chamber and like, whoosh, like I like <laughs> had to decontaminate myself to go between the zones. So it was, <clears throat> it was different in some ways, but a lot like riding a bike. And I was felt so lucky the whole time I was there. Wow. Well, I, that's what I've heard is that the Australian government does seem to have it under control. They were doing, they were very, uh, you know, cautious with how they did it, but also very good because now they look, they've got live theater there. What was uh, Australia like? Did you get any chance to get out and see a little bit of the country at all or see the, um, see the city where you were staying in? <clears throat> yeah, we were in Sydney and actually, uh, and before <laughs> side note, before um, it, it was around Thanksgiving 20, uh, 2019 is when I went there to cast the show. 
mm-hmm. um, uh, right before I actually jumped into the Broadway company of Frozen as a performer, it was, it was a very, very random thing. But when I was there before, when I was casting the show, it was during the Australian wildfires. So I was like, uh, all these like horrible disasters are happening every time I go to Australia. But um, uh, yeah, the it was yeah, the whole thing was just an incredible time, and I I did get to see a little bit. It wasn't quite the time, even though they have it under control there. It wasn't quite the time to travel unnecessarily you know what i mean like it, it traveling was still a little bit tricky I, I had to do my two-week quarantine in sydney when i went back right. where you can't leave the room and you can't open the doors and kind of similar to what i'm in now um so i didn't get to quite like you know go see the great barrier reef and travel to the outback and you know I, it wasn't really a time to do that so that was kind of a bummer but hopefully i'll go back and work on it some more and do all those things then yeah hopefully you get you get too soon um what you know is there much of a difference between, um, you know, when and taking sort of COVID out of it, but is there much of a difference between Australian theater and Broadway here back at home? You know, or, are things sort of the same? Do you find that the performers sort of are the same way and the shows are the same? Or is there um, a big difference, um, again, aside from the fact that, you know, they're in better shape pandemic-wise than we are? Yeah. Uh, no, I mean, they're, they're very similar. They have a great theater scene there uh, in Melbourne and Sydney. Um, you know, they, it's very similar to Broadway in the fact that they have sort of a, a little bit of an area. It's not quite like Broadway, like where you can kind of walk down and be like theater, theater, another theater, another theater. Uh, it's a little bit more spread out, but they have a lot of shows running there. And um, uh, yeah, it's, you know, the performers are great. They have a little bit of a different way of lifestyle there, you know, uh, they're a little bit more laid back than the sort of New Yorker, like, you know, go, go, go mentality. But um, it's, they're lovely people and lovely time and they make great theater. And the show Frozen there is, a, you know, it was almost an exact replica of, of Broadway. So they have all the bells and whistles there too. Wow. That's, did they, did you find um, when rehearsing, did they take, was it a longer process because everyone was in quarantine or did they have, uh, were the uh, cast members in Australia a little bit more, ready and prepared, because I don't think they were in as long as quarantine as we were. Did, was there much of a issue to get back on their feet and rehearsing again, or? That's a great question. The, you know, we, the answer is no. The the short answer of it is, is it was, we had four week rehearsal, just like we do in Broadway. And then we had a two week pre, uh, tech period, two week preview, and then we opened. So it was an eight week uh, uh, process along with, plus the two weeks of quarantine before that. Uh, so 10 weeks total, but yeah, everybody, we all kind of went in there trying to find our sea legs again, as far as rehearsals go. And we, I think everybody kind of figured out, I'm, you know, on the first day, I kind of, again, tried to make everyone feel really comfortable. And, you know, we all were kind of seeing if it still worked and like seeing if we, you know, could still do what we did before. And, you know, we all, you know, of course we all, you know, maybe our, (laughs) I know my costumes would have had to be let out a little bit, but like, we all kind of found it again and it, it worked great. Oh, you know what? That, that if it's if the costume has to be let, let out a little bit, if that's the only problem, then yeah, you know. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah. I know it's very I'm very interested to see as uh, you start to go back, you know, uh, how cast members will adjust and yes, or if if it's just costumes that need to be adjusted and little things here or there, hey, that's okay, you know? How cast members will adjust and waistlines will adjust. It, we will all be okay. It's all good. We'll never hold it against anyone. <laughs> um, exactly. Was there something special you took away from your time 
um, while in Australia that you hope to implement back here in the U.S. theater? Was there um, an experience or something special that you experienced in Australia that you want to come back and implement here in the New York theater scene or on Broadway, um, in your work in New York? Well, I guess there's two answers to that. One is, like I said, the Australians sort of have, in a way, that sort of, I mean, I'm kind of blank. These are blanket statements here. But, mm -hmm. like, this sort of a little bit more laid back feeling than the New Yorker sort of, you know, just the drive and the hunger that all the New Yorkers have that you have to have to, you know, make it there. So I kind of really enjoyed seeing the process from a little bit more laid back where that we still got our work done. We weren't like lazy about it, but it's just a little bit more of a joyful um, atmosphere. I'm sure also I will say with that is the fact that we all ha have, you know, I think we all are realizing over this past year how lucky we are to be able to do these things. So I think a lot of the sort of Maybe it wasn't even the Australian European style. It was just that we're all so grateful to be back in the room again. So it was, you know, things that you might have complained about prior to the pandemic. I don't think people, nobody was complaining about being in that room, you know, or doing any of it. They were, we all were just so grateful. So I'm hoping that we can all hold on to that in the future, you know, going forward. Yeah, I hope so. That's really special. That's something really special that I, I hope so as well. As somebody who's a non-performer, I hope just for com camaraderie purposes and, you know, um, you know, purposes of, you know, the theater tradition and stuff. I hope that that happens. Yeah. So, and, you know, and outside of the theater, yes. you know, like hopefully we all can just be a little bit more grateful every I day. So. <laughs> I hope so. I really, I, that's, a, that's such a good uh, point you mentioned. I really, I hope so. And I hope that New York sort of adjust to, I mean, you were saying in New York, we have that, you know, go, go, go mentality. It's like a, you know, make it or break it. I I, have, I saw during the pandemic and I hope it continues that sort of realization of like, not everything needs to be so serious. Not everything needs to be, you know, go, go, go. I guess it's a part of a little bit of gratefulness, a little bit of like self-centering, but I hope we take that with us. And, you know, as we start to reopen and get our economy and city back that people, you know, we, we take a step back and we're not that, you know, dog eat dog, you know, go, 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 fast paced, you know, um, type of city again, because, you know, it's, uh, it's good to take a step back. It's good to, you know, still be motivated, but to, you know, not have that, I think. Yeah. I think there's a little, you can, if there's a gentleness in some of it that I think doesn't, uh, doesn't inhibit your, your productivity. You know what I mean? There's a way to do both and, and be joyful. So, well, you and I got it, right? So let's just take that forward for that's everybody all, else. Yes, that's all we can do. A little, I just, you know, we, anybody can make a difference. So as we put that exactly. out in the world, spread to everyone. So, um, exactly. so as we mentioned earlier, you're in Tokyo. So at the time of this recording, you're in Tokyo preparing to bring Frozen there. What are you most looking forward to with this experience now in Tokyo? And um, what are you, are you, uh, are there going to be challenges such as language barriers? Are you worried about like the translations um, and hopefully getting everyone on the same page? Um, what are you looking forward to? Well, yes, to answer, yeah, there is definitely going to be a language barrier because I, you know, shocker, don't speak Japanese. And, uh, <laughs> and, um, but I will say we've, so, you know, like I said, I'm at the, almost at the end of my second week of quarantine. So I've been on Zooms every day um and watching how the the japanese go about their rehearsal process is very different than how we do it in the states mm -hmm. uh 
So they're already rehearsing right now because it's 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 with a theater company. So they already are like you know I, like full time employed. Whether they're doing Frozen or another show, they kind of all exist as sort of a more of like a, a traveling group of performers. You know what I mean? It's almost like a like a Shakespearean sort of you know that sort of group. Um, so I'm looking forward to just seeing how they want me to, what they need from me, you know what I mean? Like they're rehearsing right now. They're not doing any dance obviously, but they're, I've, I've tuned in on Zoom to a couple table reads. It's all in Japanese too, it's, it's not in English, uh, the whole show. So that's something, but it's it's almost like watching, I'm, I was nervous about it because I was like, obviously I've already seen Frozen a thousand times and you know, I'm like, oh gosh, am I gonna have to sit through this and not, you know, not understand anything, but it's almost, it, it actually, I was surprised that I kind of enjoyed watching it in Japanese, maybe even more because it's, it, you connect, to, since you're not connecting to the words, you're connecting to the performance and to the, <clears throat> you know, to the acting of it and the emoting of these emotions. So you, you, I, I was finding myself connecting to things that I never even connected with before. It's like watching an opera in another language. You know what I mean? You literally just trying to connect to that person's heart and what they're saying without language. So. I'm really looking forward to that aspect of this whole situation. Well, that's really exciting. When does the production open? Like how long are you there for? And when does their production uh, launch? Um, we, so I'm here, it's the same thing. So I'm here for eight weeks uh, and we open on June 24th. We open on the 24th uh, and then I fly back the next day. Wow. You are go, 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 but I'm so happy that you're working and you're getting to do this, these experiences, but oh my goodness, you are, you're going to want to come back to the States and not like work or want to do anything for a bit because of all the time travel, all the traveling and all the time. time zones. Absolutely. Oh my gosh. Right. When I get back after this 10 weeks, I'm going to be on the beach somewhere. I'll be on Fire <laughs> Island if anyone needs me. <laughs> as you should be, as you should be, Thank you know, after this long time. So what has been your favorite project you have worked on on Broadway, um, performing creatively, and why? What is? I know you've done so many shows, but is there a project that um, you hold dear to your heart? Well, I, uh, I hold them all dear to my heart, Ryan. It's like children. I can't pick a favorite. Um, no, I. You know, I think the thing that really kind of. Um, you know, the first time I worked with Rob on how to succeed and being able to be an assistant choreographer on the show and dance in the show. And I loved that movement. And I feel like I got to really put some of my voice into that movement uh, in the show. Uh, and so to, the, you know, for the show to, I, I was still kind of wide-eyed about the whole Broadway thing. It was my second Broadway show. We got Tony nominated for the choreography that I helped create. Um, and, and got to dance every night. So I still was like, pinch me, you know, this, the whole, I just felt so grateful to be working and it, the the cast was so awesome. We still keep in touch that, you know, how you, sometimes you have cast that you just bond with. And so that whole group was incredible. And, you know, I started working with Rob and, and here I am now. So I'm still working with him all. So that really changed my life and my career. So I would say how to succeed. That's really special. I, I wish I had seen on how to succeed. I, um, I was not seeing Broadway shows at the time. I was still living back home in the burbs. So I had, yeah. I, but I hear it was a very special show and a lot of people 
who have seen it or who have been a part of it have said just how special it was. So that's really wonderful to hear. Yeah, it was a while ago. So now when I say that, people are like, oh, I was in fifth grade or something. I was like, ah, <laughs> I'm getting older. But yeah. I think, it was right around the, I, mean, it was, I think it was right around the time I saw my first show, which was 2011. I saw American Idiot. So that was my first. Yeah. Probably. Yeah. It was 2011, 12 when How to Succeed opened. So yeah. That's, yeah. No, that's great. Yeah. I'm so fascinated by you. You're so talented with dancing, singing. You have it all. I, I could never, I used to perform and I was a terrible dancer. How do you uh, do it night after night and stay so in shape and intact to, uh, you know, be on point for the next day and the next evening and um, keep your body also physically and um, mentally and emotionally prepared as well? Because, I mean, I've seen you in quite a few shows that these dance moves are not easy at all. So. Yeah, well, it's like I was always that kid who just had too much energy. You know what I mean? Like I was like... I was like, I had ADHD and had to run around the, I was a nightmare, you know, I was a nightmare child. Uh, <laughs> I'm, an, I'm a nightmare adult, so something's never changed, but the, it's just what I do. I need to move, you know, I need to r run around and move and dance class was something that um, really was uh, was a help to me truly more mentally than physically, you know what I mean? Like I just, it like calms me down and it, uh, um, it just, yeah, it just helps me in so many aspects of my life. So that's why I started taking dance class. And my mother, like when I would throw temper tantrums, she's like, just go to dance. Like, we gotta get you to dance right now so that you can like leave me the hell alone. <laughs> like, uh, so it, in, in the best of ways. So uh, I think that just carries on in life. Like that's why this, this um, the pandemic, especially with the gyms closed and the, you know, no dance classes, no performing, was a really new thing in my adult life to be like, wait, that's my coping mechanism. You know, everybody has their sort of things that they do to figure it out. But um, physical activity, as far as dancing and, and going to the gym and keeping, you know, fit has just been my coping mechanism for when the, <laughs> for when the darkness starts to take over. So mm -hmm. it's been, uh, it, it's easy for me uh, because it's what I, it's what I like to do. It's like someone who has a yoga practice, you know, they just, you know, they just need to do, that's their thing, you know? Yeah. So, um, I'm always so enthralled, especially by dancers. As I said, I used to perform when I was younger and I laugh, I say, I hung up my dancing shoes in 2012 and doing what I do now. Um, but I was always terrible at dance. I could never, I could get the singing and acting fine, but dance, it, I was, it never clicked with me. I was always like, always in my head. And I, I was, I had two left feet. So I even took dance class for a bit, a musical theater dance class. And I was terrible. So I uh, really commend, look up to, applaud, and have such uh, uh, respect for the dancers and you know, performers. Uh, do <laughs> Thank you. There's room for everybody, even if you have two left feet and 10 right toes, right? You, Everyone's welcome in the dance world. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> well, as, as we uh, you know, start to see the reemergence here in the city of theater slowly and we start to get to the reopening of Broadway. What do you hope to see as uh, for the future of theater as we come out of this time? What do you hope that um, we've taken away from this past year um, that will happen in live theater and make it different and change as we come out of this digital world and back into the theaters and back into doing what everyone loves and everything like that? What's your hope for the future of theater? 
I have, a, I, I have a lot of hopes for the future of theater. I mean, we are in such an exciting time. We're in such a scary time. We're in such a, uh, you know, so many emotions are going and and on high right now, uh, especially in our theater business. We're in such a crazy space trying to, you know, as we all know, trying to get back from COVID because no other industry is quite as devastated really as our industry is. Um, uh, because there is no sort of, oh, we'll do outdoor dining or we'll like do this sort of thing or we'll only, there's no sort of way to do it unless we do it full out. Um, mm -hmm. And so I hope that number one, I hope that we can figure out a way to find some semblance of the uh, the life we had before in the theater as far as shows goes. And I hope we don't all have to sit six feet apart or do some, you know, hopefully we'll get back to some normalcy. A new normalcy, I guess I should say. And then I also hope that, you know, right now we're looking for new voices and new stories to tell and uh, people of color are, 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 you know, are finally getting a voice that they should have had a long time ago that, you know, hopefully now they will have. So we're telling different stories, we're telling them in different ways. So um, I want to get the engine running again for Broadway, but I also want it to be under the right circumstances. And, you know, there's new things coming out. Actors' Equity is going through um, some changes and, you know, I hope that we can do it all at the same time. So that's my hope for theater, that we can still bring it back without, um, but bring it back in a better way, you know, and continue on the road to, um, to equality for everybody. I hope so. Yeah. I'm, I'm confident as somebody who's on the outside, I'm confident that, um, there's a lot of stuff being done and that hopefully it will come back bigger and better. And it's, uh, I think it, needed this refresh, not that it needed COVID and the pandemic to hit, but I think this refresh was needed to really um, have everyone just look at, you know, how they were, and even an industry that is generally so accepting and so open, really look at itself and say, you know, how it needs, how we can do and need to do better. So, um, yeah, exactly. very important. So what have you learned about yourself as a performer? Um, I would say over these last 13 plus months in the pandemic that you'll take with you as you perform live on stage again? Is there, has this process taught you anything that will um, help you as a performer that you've learned about yourself? Yeah, I've, I've learned a lot of things. I mean, I think now I'm also entering an age where, um, you know, I'm like, a, I'm, you know, I'm an elderly dancer in the dance world. You know what I mean? Like, I'm not saying I'm, you know, already I hear people's eyes rolling, but I'm like, uh, you know, I'm, you know, as a 33 year old trying to figure out what I'm, you know, what's next and how I'm going to, when we do come back, I don't really think I'm in the, in the space right now to be going and, uh, auditioning and be like, I really need this job. Like, I'm not going to, I've kind of done that and I need to figure out what's next for me to grow and, and give someone else a chance to get in there. And like, you know, these young kids are now twirling so much better than I ever did that I'm like, I'm not going in there and trying to now outdance the kid who just graduated and is hungry for it and ready to like bop my his face. Like, I'm not, I don't need to do that anymore. Um, right. So I'm trying to find a way to pass the torch uh, <laughs> respectfully <laughs> and, and gracefully. But as far as performing goes, I just, I think we, I've found some things even in the darkest days of the pandemic of joyful, um, just the importance of of taking a step back and breathing. So I think as a performer, 
hopefully it'll make me more grounded than um, in the performance. I mean, uh, than I was before, just because, like I've said a couple times already, just the hustle and bustle and the hunger and the drive of of trying to make it in the city, which I've been doing for the past 11, 12 years. It's just it's been exhausting. So when we finally took a step back, like you were saying, and, and took a step and took a breath, um, I think that that's just going to make me a better performer if I can continue that on and not just be sort of frenzied. Cause I feel like, especially the past few years, I've been a little bit frenzied, uh, if that makes sense, just about just go, go, go. So hopefully that that'll help me in the long run. That's great. That's, that's really great. Um, what advice do you have for aspiring performers, specifically aspiring dancers who, um, you know, want to do this professionally and they don't know where to begin or they are beginning and, you know, they're maybe stuck where they are? What advice would you have um, for the future of performers and dancers? Yeah, I, I think it's just do do it do it because you love it. And then as soon as you stop loving it and as soon as you stop enjoying it, don't do it anymore period like don't do this do, don't do something you don't enjoy doing and if you do enjoy it then absolutely go for it there's so few things in life sometimes that we can find happiness and joy and um i'm sort of really on that on that kick if you can't tell of like if it feeds your soul then my god please please do it like please don't let any sort of um insecurities or shame or i'm not this i'm not that stand in your way of something that feeds your soul you know what i mean like we need I think it'll only elevate the the entire industry if it's full of people who are truly uh, being fed, you know, soul food, you know, and in, in, in a in a good way. Um, so if that's you, then please come on in. Like we we're waiting for you. So, and if and if it stops being fun and exciting, then move on <laughs> because those are we don't want any. We have plenty of those people. Uh, yeah. We don't need people anymore and that's okay too like move on and find something that does make you really happy exactly exactly that's such great advice well as we get ready to wrap up here um charlie where can we keep up with you follow you and keep up with all the awesome things that you're doing yeah i think it's, i'm still i mean i'm still old school i have my instagram instagram uh it's just i a m charlie williams there you go right there uh, I usually try to update anything on there, just uh, my shenanigans and <laughs> my, your stories whatever are I post on there. Yes, your stories <laughs> keep me alive. Exactly. Well, there you go. There, there's plenty more where that came from. So check me out on there. Right. And uh, do you have uh, any, are you on website or Twitter or anything else or Instagram mostly. Really, I think I'm. I'm right now. I'm kind of experimenting with everything. So just you know, I have a TikTok or something. But as, at any time, you'll you'll see it on my Instagram. Any of my other things, you'll you'll update through there. Great. Well, follow him on Instagram then at uh, at I am Charlie Williams. And if you want to keep up with me, uh, follow me on Twitter and Instagram Rye underscore Myers, and on Facebook at slash official Rye Myers. I love hearing from you and let's continue this conversation. And also as a reminder too, if you like what you are seeing, um, you can head to ridethenewsguy.com slash donate and make a donation if you are able to. Um, it's also scrolling across the bottom of your screen as well. So Charlie, as we get ready to finish up here, is there any sort of, uh, any last words or anything that I didn't touch upon that um, you'd like to mention or talk about? I always like to make sure everyone gets to talk about what they want to specifically, anything you'd like to leave us with. 
No, I just want to say thank you so much for having me, right? This is great. And I, I hope that we, um, as things start to get going again, I hope you have many more things to talk about in the world of theater as, as, as it opens up again. So I thank, thank you. you for having me. Oh, it was my pleasure. Well, uh, I'm glad it worked out. Thank you for doing this and being so gracious, even though I know you are in lockdown to still be able to give an interview, even though we're, you know, 13 hours ahead, I still appreciate that, you know, so that means a lot. And uh, so thrilled you came on. Thank you.